Lord, thank you for Gary. Thank you for the, the preparation he's put into to this tonight. Lord, just by your Holy Spirit, will you anoint these words that they speak truth to us tonight, Lord, from you. Amen. Thank you. I've got to say, Mark and I were talking this morning, and he said, don't forget that God never wants you to fail. He never wants it to go wrong. He always wants it to go well. But it does feel like he's kind of saying to me, go on, follow that. So, because the Holy Spirit was here, definitely, that was amazing, that worship music, wowzer. So, anyway, I'll start with a prayer, as it's appropriate. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So, over the last few weeks, we have been thinking about prayer, and we have explored many ways to pray. So I hope you don't mind me bring, adding a few of my thoughts and experiences to this critical part of our personal ministries. I'd like to talk a little bit about what prayer might be, acknowledge a few of the issues around prayer and how we might be getting it a little bit wrong, and then explore intercessory prayer. That is when we pray for others. Ending with a short story that, for me, gives an image of what prayer might look like and what it can do for the world. But before all that, I'm going to suggest one word that I believe is absolutely at the core of prayer, something I hope to demonstrate in the next few minutes. And that word is relationship. Relationship. Relationship is prayer, and prayer is relationship. I don't think they can be separated. When we are praying, we are creating a connection between God us and the thing we are praying for when we pray we are creating a relationship of hope in fact i would go as far to say that relationship lies full square at the heart of what it is to be a christian relationship i hope that you will see that in all types of prayer relationship is prayer and prayer is relationship so of course prayer can be sitting in church, hands together, eyes closed, but it can also be sitting at home in our own space, or in the noise of home life, or whilst walking to or around the shops, or snuggled up under a tree, staring at the sky, or listening to words that move you. Or it can be as two friends share a laugh together, or sitting with a dying relative, or when we think about ourselves, our failings, and our blessings. When we say sorry, thank you, or please. When we recall a friend's compliment or criticism, or being aware of the world's problems or its beauty, its fragility. All of this is prayer. As long as we are connecting it with God, we are creating that three-way relationship that relationship of hope. The act of taking time out to focus on these issues, opportunities, failures, hopes, thankfulness, or fears, is building a relationship with them and then handing them over to God. Inviting God into the relationship is praying. It's not up to us to know what to do with the things we are praying for, but it is up to us to offer them to God. 
I would go as far to say that we are called to offer them. In Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And in Romans 8, starting at verse 26, Paul gives us more encouragement when, he, when we can't find the words. He says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. How amazing is that? God is so gracious that he helps us with the words when we don't know what to pray for. It reminds me of a kindly parent listening to us and gently interceding, helping us to find the words when we, we, de when we begin to struggle. But I can hear you saying, that all sounds great and all, Gary, but there are problems with the act of prayer, problems that seem impossible to reconcile, especially when, especially when we are praying for the big stuff. See, whilst preparing for this, Reverend Mark and I were discussing prayer, and in, inter, in particular, intercessory prayer. You know, the prayer we hear from the lectern each week when someone prays on our behalf, and how it can sometimes be a struggle. It can often feel like we are praying for such massive things that we can be left wondering how on earth our little tiny prayers could possibly make a difference. War in Ukraine, the deaths due to famine, climate change. I mean, how can we influence these worldwide issues? What possible impact can we have? I don't know about you, but I pray for these things, but it can feel like they are just so enormous and ongoing that there is nothing we can do. But then... As we pray together during the Monday Rise prayer time, which I can highly recommend if you've not been, second Monday, I think, evening eight o'clock, I realise that perhaps praying for such massive events is not a problem of prayer, but is a problem of scale. When we are praying for war in Ukraine, it is easy to picture this thing that we have called war in Ukraine as if it's a thing in itself, that it's its own identity, that it exists in isolation. And climate change, what does that say to us? We might imagine forests burning, floods, islands being overwhelmed in the Pacific, and massive events over which we feel powerless. How on earth do we create a prayerful relationship with war or famine or climate change? So when we realise the scale of these things, no, matter, no wonder we can feel overwhelmed by them and feel that our prayer can have no effect. But when we do that, ironically, we are not thinking like the almighty, all-powerful God. The God who could be forgiven for thinking on this massive scale, but who actually knows the hair on each of our heads. Each of these tragedies and problems exists at that full scale, yes, but this is not what defines them. 
We give it an identity by giving it a name. But God doesn't see it like this. He sees them on the human scale as a community of individuals. And perhaps this is how we should see them when we pray for the world's big problems. Whilst praying for Ukraine, it's the impact on the individuals that we should pray for. War is war because it is made up of individuals, and I would say on both sides. Climate change is only a problem because of all our actions and our inactions. Famine is definitely not a thing in itself. It is the name we give to the impact of a lack of food or water on individuals. We all know that we can't affect every one of these events, but we can offer them to God and let him work on them. And for those we can influence, well, Pope Francis had it right, I think, when he said, you pray for the hungry, then you feed them. That is how prayer works. You pray for the hungry, and then you feed them. That is how prayer works. Anyway, just before the story I mentioned, I wanted to bring in a type of intercessory prayer that I have been making for many years. And it's a form of prayer that is both large in scale, but also intensely personal. See, at home, my front window looks out over the flight path of Bournemouth Airport. And I often watch planes climbing as they take off. I watch as this metal tube full of people, a microcosm of humanity, all with their own goals and agendas, some going away on holiday, looking forward to a great family time away. Others going away on business, looking to close a deal. Some visiting relatives or going to a funeral or a wedding in some far off land. Of course, then there's the crew. This perhaps being their third or fourth flight of the day. The pilots, the cabin crew, working hard to keep everyone safe. Then there's the skill of the ground crew at each airport, or the engineers who designed and built this amazing machine. So as I watch this plane taking off, I try to create a relationship between all of its elements, me and God, praying for their safety and their well-being as these individuals are temporarily bound together. What an opportunity to intercede on someone's behalf. And the real joy for me as I gaze up at the sky and pray for them is that none of them will ever know it. But God will, and so will I. So I wanted to close with a short story that some of you may have heard that for me gives a simple and beautiful image of what prayer can look like and how it can affect our world in ways which we will never know. See, there was once a farmer who had two buckets. He used buckets to bring water home every day. But one of the buckets had a crack and leaked continuously. The other was perfect and never spilt a drop. As time passed, the cracked bucket became sad about the leaked water, so he decided to speak with the farmer. Upon learning that he was sad, the farmer asked the bucket to join him on a walk. So they walk down the same path as always. But this time, the farmer points out all of the wonderful life that had sprung up around them. 
He explains to the bucket that he was responsible for all of this beauty. If he hadn't leaked water every day, the plants would never have grown. And the bucket realised that despite his flaws, he still hoped that helped those around him grow, even when he wasn't aware of it. And this, that is prayer, despite, no, because of our flaws. Because we are not perfect, just like the bucket, if we go around leaking prayers in the shops, in church, at work, at school, for passing planes or trains, whenever we hear a difficult or a good news story, then we are creating those prayer-filled relationships and amazing things happen. Things that we couldn't have predicted, things that are, we are not directly responsible for, but make the world, in some weird way, just a little bit better. So I'd urge you, as you leave here today and throughout the week, perhaps you might want to leak a little bit of prayer and see what springs up along the way as we continue to build those relationships. Amen.